Rich on your side. The Cubs are off tonight. They host the Padres tomorrow night. Meanwhile, Kyle Hendricks has been cleared to start a minor league rehab stint, but it reportedly will not be with AAA Iowa. The Drake men's basketball team will be among the 18 field for the Cayman Islands Classic set for November 19th through 21 this year. The NBA is reviewing the actions of the Hawks' DeJounte Murray after Sunday's loss to the Celtics. He appeared to make contact with a game official. I'm Doug Thompson. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. On Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Baseball conversation in a moment. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on Iowa at the bottom of the hour. Trent's plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. That comes up in about, oh, 10 minutes or so before the hour of 1 o'clock. Matt Snyder, our go-to MLB guy, uh, writes for CBSSports.com. He joins us in his uh, weekly spot, and we're grateful to him for uh, going along with us. Hello, Matt Snyder. Trent and Ken, how are you? Hello. I'm great. Uh, you know, you should be riding pretty high with the way the Blue Jays are playing right now. I am, and I love the fact that Guerrero is um, not afraid to say what he said when he wasn't in New York. He do, he'll never be. I wonder what it is. What did, what's behind it? The personal issue he has with the Yankees. Does something to do with Pops? Refresh my memory. Do you have any idea, Matt? Well, if you remember, Vlad Sr. became a free agent at uh, the same time as Gary Sheffield, and uh. there were rumors that the Yankees and Vlad liked each other, but Steinbrenner stepped in and preferred Sheffield and, and spurned him and went with Sheffield instead, and that's when Vlad Sr. signed with the Angels. I don't know if it stems from that, but that was the only thing I could come up with. Um, the other thing I saw somebody say is, like, even if you don't want to sign there, isn't that a bad negotiating tactic? <laughs> yes. The threat of signing with the Yankees always drives prices up. That's a great point. That's, that's a great – yeah, because Bichette, uh, Bichette took a contract. He took the money in advance, maybe left a little bit on the table. Uh, I, I hope Vladdy does the same thing because that's a great one-two punch. I'll tell you, um, I mean, although Manoa was good on Saturday, uh, he's been kind of hit and miss all year, but Gossman, he's had one bad start. Boy, he looks like the ace of that team, not Manoa. Absolutely, yeah, it's 100% Gossman. Uh, Manoa, the, I, I saw something on Manoa. Uh, I hadn't gotten a chance to watch his first four starts, and I saw some people saying since he's a bigger guy, maybe there's mm. something to do with the pitch clock there, and he doesn't have as much recovery time. But then, I mean, I, but then I made a point to watch Saturday against the Yankees, and he looked great. He looked like his old self. Yeah. So maybe he'll turn the corner there. Trent, any more Blue Jays questions? Uh, I am good <laughs> on that front. The Yankees, for the first time, though, they do lose a series this year. I mean, they're fine. They're Where is this Yankees team? They're battling injury. They're trying to get their rotation right, trying to get guys back healthy and out there. The upside with the Yankees, they're still the Yankees, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's offensively, Ugh, there's just a lot to be, a lot left to be desired right now with this group, and maybe Judge is capable of more if he starts playing like last year again. But man, he already has six home runs and 11 RBIs. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, there's only so much he can do. Rizzo's off to a huge start. 
and there's still, I think it was uh, three runs or less, they have scored seven times out of their 22 games. And that's just not going to cut it when you've got the firepower of Judge and Rizzo and Glaber Torres and Giancarlo, who's hurt again. Um, seems like they're going to be inconsistent offensively through the year. Um, a lot of the heavy lifting has been done in Garrett Cole's starts from the pitching or mm-hmm. Nestor Cortez's starts. The, those two are combined 7-0. and The Yankees are 13-9 and overall. They could sure use Rodon back. Yeah, I'll say. Um, well, this is... You- We'll see. I mean, he's coming back at some point. Yeah. You know, I want to start. I want to go to a, a team that I don't think we've ever brought up with you. And why would we? <laughs> and that's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates? <laughs> yeah. What a start, right? I mean, and then you throw in, is it Maggi? Is that how you say his name? Maggie? Mag- uh, the kid, the. I don't know, actually. Um, uh, I've only seen it in, in type. I never thought about the guy. No, exactly. It's cool that he got called up. Oh, love yeah. this. Love the story. I mean, uh, obviously, Brian Hayes, Charlie's kid, is terrific third baseman. Um, uh, O'Neill, when he came into the cruise, when he came in, uh, you never see a six foot seven shortstop that can do what he does. Brian Reynolds, uh, but other than those three guys, you don't know a lot about them. Mitch Keller and Iwins having a good start to the season. I mean, I don't think that it's going to last, but you know what? It, this is one of those franchises, right? The We Are Family, the Vance Like Bonilla Bonds Group. Uh, but it's been a long time, so those guys have been gone a long time, and this franchise has been down in the dumps for a long time. Nice to see one of these franchises getting off to a good start that you would just you know write off as one of the worst teams in baseball coming into the year most years. Yeah, yeah, and it's, I mean, especially in light of what has happened in Oakland, I think it's nice for a team that has been down for the last several years. Uh, last winning record was 2018, um, last time they were actually a playoff contender was the year before that. And, uh, you know, the attendance is just brutal there. And we've heard all the crying poor from ownership. You just get worried that there might be an A's situation at some point. So it is nice to see them get off to this good of a start. And uh, hopefully they hang around for a while. Hopefully they hang around getting close to the trade deadline just so they don't, they aren't tempted to dump and it starts with Reynolds, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds would be the first guy that they would trade. So hopefully uh, they can keep the good vibes going, and especially with Andrew McCutcheon coming home, where it all started, yeah. where he won an MVP, where he won a Rookie of the Year, where they broke the, the drought uh, without having winning seasons, and they went to the playoffs a few years. Uh, it's so cool to see him playing well, hitting well like he's rejuvenated. So it's been really fun. I do not expect it to last. But as I said in the power rankings to any Pirates fans who might be listening there, just ignore me when I say it's not going to last. Because what do you care? Have fun when your team's fun. Have fun. Yep. Well, the Cubs were fun until, well, three out of four against the Dodgers. Kind of going back the other way. It's one series against a talented team. Takeaways from the weekend are just the Cubs in general. Last week, we were all pumped up. and Until Thursday, I guess, we were pumped up with this Cubs team. Where are you at right now? Uh, I would still say through Friday because, you know, Thursday, what a Friday. Was, a yeah. Thursday was a tough one. You, you know, the tie game going to, was it the ninth, eighth or the ninth? I think it was the ninth. A grand slam from out mm-hmm. there. And then it's like, oh, then you're all down. And then you get the near perfect game and the 13 nothing win with all those home runs Friday. So there were great, great vibes through Friday. Saturday and Sunday, I mean, I thought the Dodgers probably were due to wake up anyway, but they've got Outman and Muncy hitting home runs seemingly every other at bat. I feel like they just kind of ran into a buzzsaw right there. And, you know, it's 
Stroman got hit for the first time Sunday. That was bound to happen eventually. He wasn't going to have a sub-1 ERA. You're facing Kershaw. Again, they got the home runs from Muncie and Outman. Um, Mookie hit one, too. It just seemed like the, the Dodgers were probably just kind of lying in the weeds and ready to wake up anyway. And uh, a lot of those games just turned on big home runs from those two guys who are out of their mind hot right now. And there was one really fun game in there. I wouldn't get down just yet. I The Padres coming to town now that they have mm-hmm. Musgrove and Tatis back, probably a little scary of a proposition there. But Marlins and Nationals and Marlins are the next three mm. series after that. And if anything, the Marlins have probably been playing too well. Mm. So I think that they'll get you know into the second week of May with the vibes being just as good. I want to go back to Friday with you and, and go to the eighth inning. Uh, not only did Smiley have a no-hitter, he had a perfect game. He hadn't walked anybody yeah. in that game. Uh, and just how it ended, right? If you watch enough baseball, you're going to see something they've never seen before at some point. <laughs> and that was yeah. one of those days. Girardi's doing the color along with the shades. I love that booth, the three-man booth. That works with those three. They didn't think that um, that it had uh, Smiley fielded the ball, had Gomes fielded the ball, that they would have had a shot to get Peralta. I couldn't disagree more. I mean, it would really. I thought you. I thought four out of five times you make that play. Did, do I need to, you know, clean my glasses? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I, I we're never going to know. Right. right? That's right. the beauty of an argument like this. I thought. You know, my first reaction was, oh, you got to be kidding me. Gomes running into him cost him a perfect game. But coming at it from that angle and being left-handed, he's got to turn back to the outfield side, and he would have had to really, really hurry. Um, he's not an infielder. He's not used to those types of plays. I, I thought if they let Smiley have it cleanly, there would have been a chance. It might have been bang-bang. But if I had to guess, I would say that it, he probably would have beat that. I kind of felt like you needed – if it was even close to let Gomes have it with the angle that it was going, but then it was probably a little too far since mm-hmm. Smiley even beat Gomes to the ball. It might sound wishy-washy. If he made me pick, I would say that he probably would have been Okay, safe. all right. He would have taken a heck of a play by Smiley, but there's I mean, there's a chance he would have gotten him. Mm-hmm. There is a chance. I, I would like to have seen it and see I would like to have seen how close it was going to be and you know what the result would have been but I don't blame Gomes either you know No he probably instinctually no. knew this has got to be my ball not the pitcher's and he was trying even harder since he knew there was a perfect game going Want to go to Texas We don't talk much Rangers baseball nor should we here recently but the ground manager out there Trent doing the ground things they got a manager they're hitting the cover off the ball. They are second in baseball right now in run differential. Yeah. Is there sustainability here, or is it a 21-game sample size? They're playing well. <laughs> it, probably more on the small sample. The only thing is, like, heading into the year, and I'm not sure if I discussed it specifically on this show, but I said it multiple places, was if you look at the Rangers, mostly at the rotation, and you say, if they can somehow make their way to the playoffs, and everybody's right, and everybody's throwing as well as they can. Between Degrom and Haney and Martin Perez and John Gray, any which way you want to you want to line those guys up. And I assume if they were a playoff team, they would get their bullpen aligned into a way that looks pretty scary. Then you've got Simeon and Seager leading that offense with some young talent like Josh Young. I, I felt like that could be a surprise World Series team. Now I always went back and said, but the caveat is. 
I think they're going to be too injured during the year. Well, and Nate Ovaldi is the other one I, I should have mentioned because when he's healthy and going right, he could be the two behind the Grom. Um, it just feels like they're not going to be able to stay healthy, especially with that rotation. And some of those guys are so inconsistent. They're going to go through bad stretches and they're going to take their lumps. But as you, one of you guys alluded to a second ago, though, kind of feel like Bochy makes a big difference yeah. in there, too, though. Yeah, huge. I think it's a huge difference. Uh, I really do. And, and the, the, the division, Seattle's good. Angels are good. Let's talk about Maybe. the team that yeah. is good. And what did we learn this weekend Ooh. about Houston and the Braves? That they're, the Astros are fine. Yeah. It was just to, Look, they weren't even healthy to come into the year. I mean, Altuve got hurt with the, the bad pitch in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, McCullers got hurt. Uh, Michael Brantley, who, who, by the way, will give a lot more stability to the lineup between the contact skills and the batting average. And still, here they are. Now they're, now they're going. They're 12 and 10 right now. Better record than they had at this point last year when they won 106 games in the world. Oh, Series. I didn't realize that. Is that right? Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> it was only a matter of time anyway, but to take two of three from the Blue Jays and then go into Atlanta and Sweep. That was kind of an emphatic, hey, here we come. You guys mm-hmm. better watch out. We're that good again. So especially Brantley's on a rehab assignment. Altuve won't be much longer. They're going to be a monster in the second half, an absolute monster. Well, the American League Central stinks again. And the Twins, yeah. they fall 2-3 to the Nationals at home. Two bullpen losses in that one. Just an ugly weekend for them. The White Sox are trudging along. The, the Guardians have been certainly inconsistent you uh, joked in your power ranking column today, a race to 81. I, I don't think you're being flippant. <laughs> it very well could be the case. Yeah. I kind of was, but it's that's the thing. Like We need to adjust or recalibrate ourselves to the schedule. Maybe I wasn't. Mm. <laughs> like I thought I was being sarcastic, but then, yeah, when you think about the schedule, and these things are going to – we're going to see stuff like where – the Astros, right when they get hot, they wouldn't do Atlanta. Well, what what if they got that hot when they were going through a stretch of AL Central teams? They'd run rough shot over the entire division. Yeah. So it's yeah, I mean, and oh man, their their record, the collective AL Central record outside the division is just brutal. Mm-hmm. I don't have the number in front of me right now, but I mean, you can just add it up and see how many games under five hundred the division is. And obviously, when they play each other, it's just five hundred. So it's. Oh, man, they're way, way under when they play outside the division. So uh, it, it very well might be. Uh, it very well may be, finally, I would think, for I'm speaking for White Sox fans here, Rick Hahn's last opportunity, right? Yes. I mean, how much it's longer? So is this – I keep waiting for him to wake up. It's not going to happen, is it? I mean, I I don't know. I just, I just think that this team should be better. What am I seeing? Well – they were good two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it started in 2020, and then they did it in a full season in 2021 and made the playoffs, got beat by the Astros, which, you know, no shame in that. Uh, and then last year they were just mediocre. I believe they went 81 and 81, uh, the definition of mediocrity. And I, I feel like they have names, top-shelf talent, and when they're going right, they're really, really good. But they're so injury-prone. They always have two or three guys hurt. Um, Jose Abreu is not there anymore, who was mm-hmm. the stability to the offense, because he was one of the few guys who's not injury-prone. You could always count on him being there in the middle of the lineup. 
Um, some of the starting pitching where you say it's a big name, Lance Lynn, he's 36 years old now. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's not a frontline starter anymore. Diolito is just ridiculously inconsistent. He has been sometimes year to year, sometimes within the year. I don't know. It's just not all there. And organizational depth isn't there. It's not like, you know, where it's the Dodgers in years past when Adrian Gonzalez gets hurt and they plug in Max Muncy. If somebody gets hurt on the White Sox again, which happens frequently, they plug in somebody who's not very good. So, and that, whose job is that? That's Rick Hahn's job mm-hmm. to have organizational depth there in a large, in a mega market in Chicago. They might not have the same power as the Cubs, but they're still in a mega market. Um, it's just unacceptable. It's just not good enough. Matt, uh, yesterday I saw a tweet from the great Buster Olney of ESPN. Since 1901, the A's have a oh, minus yeah. 100 run differential. The worst team since that time was the 88 Orioles. Now, for younger youngsters out there, that Orioles team started 0-21, <laughs> yes. and yeah. yet the A's have a worse run differential than they. This team is absolutely awful, but the big story is Vegas is happening, right? I mean, this is just a lot yeah, of window dressing probably. right now, isn't it? It is. Um, it's funny. I, anytime I think about the Orioles team, I think of that Sports Illustrated cover that said 0 and 18 yes. with like Billy Ripken yep. and his bat mm-hmm. and his head against the bat with his head down. But then they lost three more before they won a game. Uh, man, I, I would say heads got a roll, but this is exactly what ownership wanted. I mean, when you, when you splash, not even splash, strip payroll to the bare bones and raise ticket prices. That's an, a middle finger to the entire fan base, to the city. They're basically like, I, I mean, I've been calling the ownership Rachel Phelps, who is the major league owner who wants the team to lose so they can move out of Cleveland. This is the real life. This is the, the real life version of that. They're, they really have tried to tank attendance to the point that they can look at the crowds and look all around and say, look, see, we can't stay here. You strip payroll to the bones and you raise prices. That, that's as bad as it gets right there. So it's it's embarrassing. Um, just watching some of their games against the Mets last weekend, against the Cubs during this past week, it's barely a major league team. I, well, I would say it is. like It's it's basically a minor league team. And some of the guys aren't even competitive. Like some of the, They walked 17 in a game against the Mets. Mm-hmm. And some of those late innings against the Cubs, it was just painful to watch. Well, and you look at the, the Rangers series, too, where – they, they gave up 18 runs in that one game. Adolis Garcia went five for five with three home runs, two doubles, and his last double was off a position player. But it didn't even look that different from when their pitchers were pitching. It's embarrassing, man. Uh, last thing for you, Matt. Uh, the Cardinals, they're uh, just scuffling along here. They stay out on the West Coast, San Francisco yeah. for four, Dodgers for three. Can they turn it around? Can they come to life and somehow get back in this race? I, I get we're still in April, but boy, this team yeah. just looks like they're spinning their wheels. Absolutely. I mean, it's I, I I don't know for sure off the top of my head, but if I had to guess, I would guess that at, at some point last season they had a 22 game stretch where they went nine and thirteen. Yeah. Um, yeah, those happen. It's just when it's sequenced toward the start of the year, it, it feels mentally different, and and really they haven't been impressive at all you just kind of look like okay they won a series over the rockies since the first weekend they, they won that series over the blue jays and looked great but ever since then i mean they won a series against the rockies they split with the pirates at home otherwise they've lost every series they just don't look good at all the pitching which i thought heading into the year was going to be a big big question has been a question mark but the the offense has been inconsistent 
as well. So I, they've got enough talent there, at least on the position player side, to turn it around. But pitching-wise, I don't know, man. I don't know how much Wainwright's going to do. So it, the pitching might be a problem all year. And you have to look at the, the schedule's different. Now they have to yep. play a lot more games against teams from better divisions. Mm-hmm. The Pirates look a lot better. The Cubs look a lot better. It's going to be a lot tougher road. Indeed it is. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, great stuff as always. Love this uh, segment. We'll uh, talk to you in seven days. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Have a great week. All right. Sounds good. Yep. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com as we check in with our national MLB guy. Right now, Trent, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com. You'll see the pop-up box. Inside the pop-up box, insert the keyword cash. Cash. KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 cash at KXNO.com. Opportunities all afternoon with Murph and Andy in the drive with Heather and Sean. Scott Dockerman on the Hawkeyes. It's next on Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.net. If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush. KXNO. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. Conditions apply. This is Trent Condon from Miller & Condon. You've heard Ken and myself talk about our love of Circa in Las Vegas. And now you can experience Circa with us. May 7th through the 10th. Use promo code KXNO for discounted rates on your room. We'll have VIP seating for you at the world's largest sports book. And hang at a cabana with us at Stadium Swim. May 7th through the 10th with Cubs Cardinals on the TV. Book your room today at CircaLasVegas.com with offer code KXNO. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Portal season is upon us. One of McNamara's former receivers just entered the transfer portal. Got a year left. A year after two. Two years years left. left. He's an Illinois kid. A little closer to home. Oh, that angle. I Uh gotcha. Dot, dot, dot. We shall see. Scott Dockerman uh, joins us uh, as we talk Iowa and what Doc saw at the spring game. And I certainly appreciate the fact that he took a swing at putting together a depth chart as well. Uh, just a little nugget for Trent and I to chew on. I like it more, the flavor more than Trent, <laughs> but still. Hello, Scott Dockerman. Good to speak with you, Doc. How are you? I'm good. I got this jingle in my head now for the bumper. Uh, you know, the final countdown. Now I, I won't get it out of my head for another two days. Yeah, that's a that's a good <laughs> one. 
<laughs> Good stuff. But other than that, doing great. Good stuff, Doc. Well, I want to uh, pick your brain as to what you saw. Obviously, the uh, the people that were in attendance, the media was there. They saw very limited uh, Cade McNamara. But what I'm taking away, Doc, I think maybe my biggest takeaway from the entire spring, and maybe since he got there, uh, is just the leadership that he instantly brings to that football team, particularly the offense. But um, from the moment he got there, it seems like he just – took over, right? I, he's going to he assumed leadership. He's the quarterback for crying out loud, uh, decorated one at that, and a much-needed uh, injection into that football program. He's quite a leader by all accounts, Doc. Yeah, it, it's interesting because Iowa's quarterbacks have all kind of fit that description. The starters, even Spencer Petras, was certainly a great leader, uh, but he just didn't have really the resume on the field that kind of led people into that direction and I think Cade McNamara has done that and he's done it organically which you've got to do you can't just force it especially being a transfer and a, and a high profile quarterback people are naturally going to look to you but in his case he's done it by working you know whether it's you know getting into the the football facility before five every morning um, to, to be out there every day throwing even though you know he still has, has a knee that's that's been repaired and He's doing all those things um, in a way to kind of bring his the the teammates with him, and then when you throw on, you know, Eric All was was working with him, and they both were team captains. I think that's really helpful because if there's one thing that you know intangibly that I think was a, is a concern with this Iowa team is they lost a lot of leadership, um, and I usually don't like to write about that. It's kind of you know, that's a concept that they talk about a lot. But when you're talking about Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Riley Moss. Spencer Petrus, even. I mean, that is a lot of leadership, and I think Kate McNamara has done a long, has gone a long way into making that a, a really a, a strong part of his makeup and bringing the offense along with him. One of the strongest qualities that he has is just accuracy, and we saw a quarterback that wasn't real accurate the last three years, and really overall the last six when he go back to Stanley, accuracy was never certainly one of his top end traits that he had. How much better is the offense going to look, even as we found out last week, there is nothing going to be a wholesale change is certainly there that we're going to see out of the offense. Just having an accurate quarterback, how much better do you believe the offense will look? Exponentially. I mean, it's really uh, a key factor in sustaining drives. And when you look at what Cade McNamara was able to do two years ago, 64% of his passes were complete. And that's really without their best receiver there. Uh, Ronnie Bell was hurt all year. And to be able to throw and complete passes that way, I mean, Iowa hasn't had a quarterback hit 64% since Ricky Stanzi wow. in 2010. They haven't even hit 50, so, I mean, I'm sorry, 60 since Beathard in 2015, you've got to, when you're a pro-style offense, you've got to hit better than 60. And so I think in his case, if he can just complete some of those passes, um, you know, that's basically, what, four more passes a game? But a lot of times it's third and nine, and, and you know, it's second and four. And, and we saw a lot of layup gimme passes that, that were incomplete in the last couple of years. So to me, that's critical. Uh, you know, one thing Stanley was able to do, he threw 68 touchdown passes over three years. Iowa's thrown 28 touchdown passes <laughs> the last three years. So that's really a 40 touchdown pass difference Holy over, the, over Brian Ferentz's career. So yeah, I understand Brian not really wanting to you know, deviate too much from that. But, yeah, that's that's really the hallmark of what's 
caused Iowa's problems. Like, Holy mackerel. I, uh, I'll stay with the quarterbacks for just a second. Obviously, McNamara is the guy, but it's a contact sport as we know. Deacon Hill, did he impress you? Does he look like the backup to the Wisconsin transfer? Yeah, he is, and that's what Ferentz said afterwards, too. He didn't mince any words. I mean, he's he's number two right now, and, and that doesn't mean Davis can't beat him out or Marco Lainez, who comes in in June. But I, I would say Deacon Hill, he impressed me. You know, I, I didn't keep as many statistics this time around or any as, as compared to the past just because there were so many guys out, it really didn't matter. But, but I mean, I, I thought he was he, he was more accurate than what we've seen from you know, pretty much any quarterback the last handful of years. And, uh, you know, really has a big arm. Um, so I dare say that Deacon Hill might have been a better option than what they had last year. And that's mm. I'm not saying he would have been good, but I just think he might have been better. Tight ends have a chance to be great. How about the offensive line? What you saw up front, Logan Jones, now another year of experience. We talked so much last year about just those snaps that just didn't seem to get back there on time. What you saw from him and the offensive line as a whole? Not a whole lot, and it's really hard to gauge anything there. When you look and you go, there's no Mason Richmond, there's no Connor Colby, there's no uh, Jason Parker. I mean, Rusty Feth was there, but he was there visiting, and and Mike Wislinski was out. I mean, it was like, oh, my gosh, you know. It, that's that's another reason why I was like, ah, I'm not going to even worry about trying to keep track of lineups and all that kind of thing. But I just really wanted to concentrate on a couple of players, and their push at the line of scrimmage, how they performed. And I thought they did okay, you know, because the defensive line has the same issues. I mean, there were, right. you know, there were uh, four guys who were in the depth chart who weren't around. But it's just um, I, I do think they have a chance to be better. Good, I don't know. I want to wait and see whether or not I call him good. But I do think that, you know, Jennings Dunker is one of the biggest humans I've ever seen. And I I just kind of wonder what his next role is on this team. And Bo Stevens seemed a little bit better. And so we'll give it some time and I'll, you know, chew on it probably after kids' day. But, you know, I think they're going to be better. And Logan Jones certainly looked better to me. Uh, receivers, we know that the the transfer portal is open. We believe that that's where that's got to be priority number one and two, <laughs> and maybe three. Uh, Doc, when 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 you look at it, what did you see out of who was there uh, on Saturday? Not much, and it's it's really I kind of compared it. I I hate using a lot of bad metaphors, but you know this is like this team last couple of years, especially there. It's like a really healthy. 40-year-old man with incredibly high cholesterol and asthma because of the of the wide receiver situation. It's just it's dreadful when you only have one scholarship guy out there catching passes. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, now granted without the quarterback, starting quarterback and four linemen, it's kind of the same thing. But but um, you know, so I'd like to be able to tell you that oh, Alec Wick looked the part or Deontay Vines looks like he's taking a step forward, but I just couldn't really tell um, uh, to be honest. Now. If there is one blessing or one thing you can kind of take away from it, silver lining, if you will, is that the, the tight ends are going to be very, very good. And if, you know, Nico Ragagini, who wouldn't compete on Saturday, if he's typical, if Deontay Vines does take a step forward, if Seth Anderson takes a, you know, has been able to play, and then whatever they get out of the portal this week, which I would expect them to get at least one receiver, if they're all capable then you start to look everywhere else and go, okay, if the line's improved and the receivers become 
capable. <laughs> the tight ends are very, very good. I think the running backs are outstanding, and and I think the quarterback will be much improved. And then you look at this team and go, okay, they're they fit the part. They're going to be pretty good, and it's just a matter of how they do in some close games. And you feel like they got some difference makers in those areas. Going back to last week, uh, take us into inside the press room as Brian Ferentz was out there. He sounded very defensive. Uh, early on, of course, had a couple of very quotable moments. But just your takeaway from that, did it surprise you how, I don't know, the attitude, it's Brian, he's he's built differently, certainly, just the way that that 20 minutes went? Not at all. I, I really didn't take that from him because I thought he was in an unwinnable situation. Yeah. I thought no matter what he mm-hmm. said, people were going to, to shoot him down for it. He could have came out, you know, he, you know, he could have been self-deprecating and say, I was the worst offensive coordinator in the country, then everybody would play that soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he could have come out and said, hey, we're fine. You know, I think we're going to have a great year. People go, yeah, right. What about last year? You said the same thing. You know, so I don't think there was really much that we, uh, that could be taken away. I did want to ask him specifically about his contract and, and just kind of the, the details. And I think that's when he kind of provided maybe some of this, you know, most quotable moment, which was, you know, with the 25-point thing, you look at, like, two games last year, the Purdue game and the Wisconsin game, games they won against, you know, pretty good competition. They're 24-3 to and 24-10, to and in those games, would he coach any differently now with that? Now, I wouldn't expect him to tell me that, but it does raise a question. I mean, if they're up 24-3 to at Purdue on a very, very windy day, do they, you know what, let's throw the ball, see if we can get some more points, or do they do what they did last year, which is just shut it down? And, uh, you know, Brian, to his credit, said, you know, hey, if we're winning 24 to 10 against Wisconsin, I'm taking it. And I think that's the right thought process. But um, I, I didn't take anything away from him being defensive or whatever. I've been in some, co- you know, really, I think there's some other more defensive coaches on that, on the University of Iowa. And I don't think Brian's number one in that one. Interesting. They brought the three coordinators out, but they didn't bring the punt coordinator out. To, to, but what's the punt coordinator's name? What's Hassel's guy? Is it uh, Carl Pepper? Carl Pepper. Uh, great parody. Uh, he's so talented, Hassel, anyways. Uh, good stuff. Doc, uh, what I, you retweeted it over the weekend, or I would have missed it. Boy, oh boy, your colleague over the, that covers the Badgers um, didn't pull any punches. This Wisconsin team. A lot of work to do offensively, which isn't certainly going to make anybody here in the five one five or any of the area codes really lose a lot of sleep. But boy, oh boy, um, Wisconsin's got some work to do, at least on offense, by all accounts. Yeah, that's the, that's what the big question is. I mean, everybody's interested, of course, in how hey they're going to they're doing things completely different, and they're bringing in new quarterbacks and new receivers and new style of play and tempo and everything. Well, how's it going to work? Well, it didn't work very well the other day. Now, granted, I've seen my fair share of uh, bad spring performances, and I wouldn't even—I'd categorize the other days as incomplete rather than mm-hmm. bad because that's just not even. But I, I think up there, yeah, that's, it's probably a question, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together because it's not a given that they're just immediately going to be better. They could be worse, and um, you know because they at least had an idea. And if they could have had a quarterback, you know, Graham Mertz was supposed to be that guy, yep. that complete 70%, yep. they would have been really good. And now that they're changing everything, it could take a step back. And if that's the case, um, you know, I, I mean, I'd put Iowa as the favorite in that West yep. division without any hesitation. So 
I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how that comes together. And yeah, Jesse did a nice job with that. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, I'll plan to read him because he's, he's on top of things. Uh, absolutely. And I appreciate you uh, tweeting that or I would have missed it. And uh, we'll add it to my list at The Athletic. Doc, what have you got coming up this week? Anything you'd like to promote? I am all in on the draft. Um, I wrote seven draft stories last week and, uh, you know, including some from the Big 12 and, yeah. you know, oddities and agonies, which I heard from some Cyclone fans that they weren't real thrilled with that, with the 50-year uh, absence from the first round. But uh, this week I'm actually going to be doing I'm doing the depth charts right now for defense. And then um, Thursday and Friday I'm doing all grades um, for the draft. Oh, awesome. So not just Iowa, but – you know, who the Cardinals take, who the Texans, if they trade down. I mean, I'm doing all great from every pick in the first three rounds. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be pretty pretty busy later in the week. Well, we look forward to recapping with you uh, on Monday. Those pesky facts when they get in the way, right, that uh, it's actually been 50 <laughs> years. Good stuff. Hey, Doc, thank you as always, Scott Dr. Moon. We will continue to read you uh, at The Athletic. You and your colleagues do great work. Thanks, Doc. Have a great week. Yeah, you too. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic. All right, Trent, did you read that piece on Wisconsin? I have not. No. Boy, oh boy. Long ways to go. Five interceptions. We're sacked ten times. It's a spring game. I get it. Music to my ears. Right. And E.D., He'll be happy about that, too. Indeed. Now, conversely, they're pretty high on what they saw in Lincoln, the media, this last weekend. Well, and Have you heard that before from the media members in in Lincoln? Just a little bit, and yet I saw plenty of, we got a long ways to go. It was as close to a normal of the Nebraska football fan base that I've ever seen. And it was just a group of posts that I saw put together, but we got a long ways to go. This really? is not going to be, yeah, covered bear. Give rules some time. Yes, which I was ah. surprised by because that is not the Nebraska football fan that I certainly grew up. That's with. true. Well, that's that's encouraging to see. I now but the I media those. they'll just shove it down your throat. Here they come. Well, the Georgia Tech transfer at quarterback is the real deal. Yeah, I've seen Sims play. He's, that's the real deal. Well, there's a reason they haven't seen good quarterback play. But in a Georgia long time. Tech, to be fair, though, I mean maybe they have late. Who watches Georgia Tech? They're not. A, they're not known as a real. If you want to go to quarterback that likes to chuck it around, you got to be. A, you got to get to Georgia Tech, right? They had some receivers. Boy, I'll say a couple of them. My God, Calvin Johnson, uh, Demarius Dude, Thomas, back to back year. Was it back to back? It was close. They were. Uh, Miller and Condon, Trent's play of the day, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Heart Radio app now. Fuller Associates Family Dental offers a relaxed, family-friendly atmosphere, anxiety and pain management, and the ability to give you the smile that you deserve. As a family-owned and operated small business, Dr. Fuller has been practicing dentistry for over 30 years. Fuller Associates Family Dentistry, located near the Grandview Golf Course, and now their brand-new location in Altoona at 509 8th Street South. East. Fuller Family Dental. Come see what the buzz is all about. Fuller Dental. U.S. citizenship required. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, final couple of minutes here on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. 
Trent's Plays of the Day, NBA, NHL, MLB, plenty to choose from. And we got it all here today. So a single play in your beloved hockey. Uh Uh-huh. Who are we playing? One of my uh, notes, the Devils, Game 3. Came back and won. A lot better team this season on the road overall than they have been at home. Mm-hmm. Can I get them plus 142? Yes, please. Give okay. me the Devils. Pick number one. To the NBA we go. I'm playing both home teams. I'm going to lay it with the Lakers, minus the four and a half. Seven and a half. I understand what happened in game two. Milwaukee just came out, scored 81 points in the first half and cruised. But seven and a half? If Giannis goes, if he does. He's going to play, right? That seems like too many. I'm going to grab the seven and a half and take Miami. Now, the baseball card, I love. I got five plays here. And I love, singularly, each and every one okay, of them. Okay, hang on. Let me get in front of me because I want to make sure yeah. I'm following along here. We, all right, we love these games. Fire love, away. All five of them were double-circled right away. Wow. Baltimore, plus 106 against Chris Sale. He was great last time against yeah. the Twins. Yeah. Rest of the season, not so much. Okay. How are so the you're Ra- playing Baltimore. Yeah, playing Baltimore, plus 106. How are the Rangers only minus 115 against the Reds? Uh, good question. Avaldi? Maybe, maybe. I guess, but minus 115, that's a price. No, Texas is better than Cincinnati. The Astros just went to Atlanta and swept them. Mm-hmm. Coming off of a, a series win over the Jays prior to. They go to Tampa, who's really good, I get it. Ooh, that's a good series. But I get Urquidy on the mound, but I get this price. Plus 139? On Houston? On Houston. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play that. Yes, I am. And two more. Automatic play. <laughs> Who's pitching? Yankees against the Twins. It's automatic. Okay. And remember, this is the the Brito kid was the one that they roughed up for nine runs the first time out there. I think he's going to be a little bit better this time out. I know Sonny Gray's been great. I he just, has been good. I just have to do it. Yep. And then wrap it up. I get the Giants. Also plus money, plus 109 against the Cardinals. This Cardinals team we've seen. Yeah, I'm in. All five of those baseball plays leaped off the screen. Oh, I smell a one in four. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll grade your report card tomorrow, Trent Condon. Good stuff. Uh, Thank you uh, for uh, joining us here this morning and every morning. We sure appreciate it. Uh, Murph and Andy coming your way in five minutes. Of course, the drive with Heather and Sean takes you home from 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon. Trent and I are here every Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.